0: betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc
1: hey everybody i'm zach and i'm jesse you're watching tesla time news episode 316 on now you know We're brought to you as always by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's some really great perks you're going to want to check out. Thank you to Avalon King for sponsoring this episode. Avalon King has a new fast ceramic spray. It's called Armor Shield Light. It offers many of the same protective properties that are in Avalon King's Armor Shield 9. But this one is an affordable spray and wipe formula. So we decided to try it out. Check this out. We applied Armor Shield Light to half of Sparky, my Model X, to see if it would... What? Half your Model X? Why half? Well, it's more scientific that way. Look, you can see how well water beads up on the half that I applied shield light to, but not the other side. See, science. And look, even when I tried to set the bottle on the coated hood, it slipped right off, but not on the uncoated side. Wow, so it was easy to apply? Did you have to use anything special? Nothing special, just a microfiber cloth. This is a quick detailing spray that can be applied under any conditions, both wet or dry on any surface. You simply spray and wipe and it leaves a glossy finish. It really takes little to no effort to protect your vehicle from all the elements and look like you had it professionally detailed. But typically, ceramic coating your car can cost like thousands of dollars. That's probably the best part I like about Armor Shield Lite. For less than 25 bucks, you can protect your vehicle. Order your Armor Shield Lite today and enjoy. Thank you to Extra for sponsoring this episode. We both carry Extra wallets, and I can't imagine going back to the old traditional uh, bifold wallet. In my case, I had a trifold. Yeah, this is actually an Extra bifold, but it has some cool features. This is easier to use and harder to lose, and they look sharp. Extra uses environmentally friendly, high quality materials. My Parliament wallet is vegan leather from a recycled car windshield. Um, it's half the size of my old wallet and holds up to 12 cards plus cash. And I can use my phone to track the location of my wallet. Yeah, the solar powered tracking device will make sure you don't lose your wallet. Two hours in the sun equals three months of charge. Yeah, it's not just wallets. Extra can upgrade the rest of your carry essentials like phone cases, cash clips, and key trackers. Shop Extra at this link and use the code now you know at checkout to get up to 25% off. So before we get into this week's show, we want to remind everyone that this Friday, September 30th is going to be tesla's ai day number two which jesse and i will be live streaming here on the now you know channel so make sure that you hit the subscribe and bell button now so that you don't miss it we'll have a pre-show and then immediately following whatever happens at the event jesse and i will be breaking it all down for you in our post show so make sure you join us see you there tesla's in north america couldn't charge at ccs fast chargers until now Tesla has just put on their website their CCS to Tesla adapter for $250. Tesla says expand your fast charging options with the Tesla CCS Combo 1 adapter. The adapter offers charging speeds up to 250 kilowatts and can be used at third-party charging networks. Great. I'm going to go online and get one to try it out. Hang on. Both our Teslas were built prior to October 2020. So? So in order to use this CCS adapter, the charging ECU or electronic control unit on earlier model Teslas must be replaced. That's why this screen here says your car requires a retrofit. Great. I'll get the retrofit. Uh, Like it says right there, that won't be available until early 2023. Hmm. So I guess no EA hypercharging for me right now. Right. Now, this adapter does look familiar. Well, that's because it seems to be identical to the one that Tesla has been selling in South Korea for the past two years. Remember, the Korean grid is almost identical to the North American grid. Right. So this is probably very similar. (laughs) Probably the same product. Probably the same product. But I mean, look, I'm not going to blame Tesla here, but it's kind of bulky well it has to be right I mean there's no way getting around that no it's not a pretty adapter and my question is also how much is the retrofit going to cost because I'm sure you're going to have to pay for that and then my next question is okay it's probably going to be at least 500 or thousand dollars and so how many people are even going to bother that have older cars because like I don't need to charge in an EA charger but here's an even bigger question does this signal that Tesla is going to use the CCS standard when they open up their supercharging in other words like they do in Europe where they just put CCS on their existing supercharging superchargers is that what they're gonna do here i hope not god that would be <laughs> awful i know right F- that we are gonna do a poll on patreon so people can vote and see what they think and they're usually right so i hope so that's coming up later see. in the show all right it's time for Whoa. 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 Oh my god. forget that fighting the fud yeah, so the mass media was added again. Reuters claiming Tesla recalls nearly 1.1 million U.S. vehicles to update window reversing software. Oh my god, my fingers are gonna get cut off by my Model 3, oh no. Uh, no, uh, Tesla has- I mean, has... do I have to drive my car to a Tesla dealership right away so they can repair my car? Uh, no, Tesla has- Is there a faulty motor that will rip my fingers off when I close the window? Or will the window close? That warning? And maybe my head will get chopped off? This uh, is terrible. No, no, Tesla's already fixed it. What do you mean Tesla already fixed it. How could Tesla possibly get 1.1 million cars into their service centers and replace those faulty parts so quickly? They didn't. Aha, they didn't. See, I knew it. Teslas were dangerous. No, I mean, Tesla already sent out an over-the-air software update, which fixed the problem. No one was hurt. And this chart shows the total number of recalls since January 1st, 2020. It shows that Tesla is the only automaker that performs a large number of them through over-the-air software updates. And also look at how many more recalls the others have. And yet I don't recall constantly seeing news pieces with headlines like Ford recall again. Tesla way down there with just 19 recalls. Well, I mean, they do have fewer cars and they also have fewer problems. And a large portion of those problems can be fixed with software over the air updates. And as Elon says, the terminology is outdated and inaccurate. This is a tiny over the air software update. To the best of our knowledge, there have been no injuries. But that will not stop every single news article coming out to just be like, Tesla's laws recall, 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 recall. Scary stuff, this recall word. Recall I heard this week from people was the Tesla recall. It's not a real recall. And that's why you should share this story with your friends. So head on over to the Now You Know Clips channel. We chopped it into a little bite-sized piece that you can share with your friends, explaining that this isn't a recall. And if you'd like to help us out even more, hit the like button. It really helps with the algorithm. So here's another FUDtastic story. A Tesla Megapack caught fire last Tuesday at PG&E's Elkhorn Battery Storage Facility in Monterey County, California. It made headlines and everyone was talking about it last week. See, batteries aren't safe. Renewables suck. Let's go back to coal plants. Well, hang on there, buckos. First of all, there are 256 megapacks at this facility, and one of them did catch on fire, but the other 255 were fine. No one was injured and power to customers was never lost. PG&E's Jeff Smith noted safety systems at the facility worked as designed when the issue was detected and automatically disconnected the battery storage facility from the electrical grid. And if we're going to talk about battery fires, then we should at least talk about other power plant accidents. How about coal power plants? Coal mining, which is how you power coal power plants, by the way, coal accidents in 2005 and six alone caused over 10,000 deaths, according to the World Wildlife Fund. In February 2010, the 620 megawatt natural gas power plant in Middletown, Connecticut, exploded, killing five people and injuring 27 people. In March, 2005, the BP Texas oil city refinery exploded, killing 15 and injuring over a hundred. Look, I could go on, but I don't wanna bore you. Here are just a few of the thousands of fossil fuel related energy accidents, fires and disasters that I found. So mass media, before you go spouting FUD about a battery fire that didn't stop the power from flowing and didn't injure anyone, how about give the story some perspective? This is what we're working to avoid. Yeah, these Megapack batteries are probably NMC, nickel, manganese, cobalt, lithium ion chemistry. And as the production of LFP and other safer chemistries go up to scale, we will have even safer Megapack scale grid batteries. So already these batteries are relatively safe, but they're only going to get better. And I know that a lot of people are thinking, oh, well soon Tesla's going to replace all of these battery packs with the safer kind. And it's like, no, they're not going to do that. A fire like this was really not a big deal. It shuts down the plant for one day. Most power plants get shut down for maintenance or some other reason, way more than uh, Megapacks do. Well, and what's beautiful is it doesn't take out the whole facility. And someday when this uh, battery storage facility, it's time for it to be shut down and and replaced with newer, better batteries. These batteries are gonna be able to be recycled. Yeah, that's true. And uh, which is kind of a really interesting thing because Tesla's put all this time and energy and work into making these batteries. And then in the future they're going to be able to recycle them. So it's basically like having really valuable ore just sitting around making you money. And then after 20 years or something like that, you can then mine it again, except it's in a much higher concentration than you'd normally find it in the ground. And then you get to sell it again. Yeah. Or turn it into more valuable ore that sits there and makes you money. Speaking of Tesla fires, did you hear about the fire over at Giger Berlin? Oh my gosh, is everything okay? Yeah, this was a fire that broke out in the middle of the night outside the factory in the outdoor recycling center. So, was everyone okay? No one was injured, nothing was damaged, and the only thing that burned were these bales of cardboard, which were waiting to be recycled. But now the group that has been fighting the factory for years, the Citizens Initiative Grundheim, is calling for production to stop. Representative <laughs> Stefan Schorcht. Said, our worst fears have come true. We demand a production stop until the causes and circumstances have been clarified and all safety related measures in the water protection area have been implemented. Police are investigating the incident. So a bunch of cardboard inexplicably catches fire in the middle of the night. And now they want to shut down the factory because... Very suspicious, (laughs) Mr. Scorched. Anyway, why is that your worst fear? Oh no, the cardboard caught on fire. Our worst fears. How is that your worst fear? How is that the thing that you were most worried about? I don't even agree with these people. That's not my worst fear. (laughs) I have much worse fears than, oh, no, the cardboard. Anything that we can do to shut down this factory for some reason. Well, remember a few months ago when one of the cars like leaked something and they're like, shut down the factory. There's <laughs>
2: coolant on the ground. It's a, <laughs> f- a
1: gallon of coolant. What are we going to do? Did that guy just spill his coffee? <laughs> shut down the factory. God. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So it's basically like they had a big bonfire. Like it doesn't. Anyway, let's move on. Our friends at Climate Exchange. We've been working with them for years. Yes, they are the wonderful nonprofit that works tirelessly towards their mission to achieve a durable, just transition away from polluting fossil fuels in the United States by advancing climate policy at the state level. The work they do costs money, and if you wanna help them, listen up, because they are running their seventh annual Climate Exchange Tesla raffle. That's right, you can buy a raffle ticket just like our viewer Chris from Washington State did last year. I did want to give a shout out to Zach and Jesse from the Now You Know channel. I owe them uh, a big shout out. (laughs) Let's keep it going this year. Let's see if we can get one of our viewers to win again. Your odds are really good because Climate Exchange is only selling 5,000 tickets. And if you win the grand prize, you can choose to build your very own Tesla. A $250,000 value because Climate Exchange pays all the taxes as well as the prize. So get that plaid you always wanted. Enter at CarbonRaffle.org today and good luck. On Thursday, Brazil's Minister of Communications, Fabio Faria, tweeted this out. Is that Elon talking to a class of kids in the Amazon region of Brazil? Yep. And do you know how he was able to do that in such a remote location? Starlink. Wait, that's SpaceX President Gwynne Shotwell in the classroom. That's right. And as Elon said, education is the path out of poverty and internet access enables education. This is so great. Not only are we helping countries like the Ukraine, but we're helping people in places where you normally can't wire things up like the Internet. And Starlink is a perfect answer to that. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Starlink, Irfan Kasari says, I'm sure you won't answer it, Mr. Musk, but is it technically possible to provide Starlink to the Iranian people? It could be a game changer for the future. Elon said Starlink will ask for an exemption to Iranian sanctions in this regard. Augustine says, could you do the same for other countries under a dictatorship like Cuba, for example? You will save so many lives. And Elon said, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All you got to do is ask. Speaking of Starlink, did you know that the Starlink app is now on the iPhone, Apple App Store top 100 list? Take a look at the top five countries installing the app. OK, so we got the U.S. That's not surprising. Uh, then Ukraine. <laughs> not surprising, but uh, amazing. Amazing. Then we got Canada, Australia and then Uzbekistan Uzbekistan doesn't even have Starlink yet. They're just getting ready. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you might be like, wow, those numbers are really high. And uh, I think that's because Starlink has shipped over a million Starlink dishes now. Wait, did you say a million? A Seriously? million Dishy McFlat faces. And I mean, keep in mind, that's uh, 100 to $135 a month. OK, so let me just do the math. So it'd be $100, 100 million 100 to $135. Million oh, right, dollars times a month. month, yes. Wait, a hundred million dollars a month in revenue already? I think so. Now, I don't know what they're charging the Ukrainians, right? But it might be zero, it might be zero. But I mean, still, they've already made a million dishes, or the American government might be paying for it. Yeah, they might be. But of course, even though Elon is trying to bring open internet to the people of Iran, the Iranian government responded last Saturday by blocking the Starlink website in Iran. But you said they blocked the Starlink website. Doesn't that just stop Iranians from buying a Starlink dish? Can't they still use like a VPN and log in that way? Then the only problem would be how to get the dish into the country. Right. This isn't a Starlink dish. This is just a microwave. (laughs) It's a rather flat microwave. And then the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, said... We took action today to advance internet freedom and the free flow of information for the Iranian people, issuing a general license to provide them greater access to digital communications to counter the Iranian government censorship. And Elon said, activating Starlink. This is freaking amazing that he's just changed life as we know it for countries on earth. And nobody's reporting this. I know. And I want to thank Irfan Kasari because they just tweeted it at Elon and he was like, Yeah, good idea. And wow. Boom. Ready to go. Of course you have to launch all these right. satellites into into Earth orbit and you have to be able to produce these amazing uh, phased array antenna systems. But, I mean, sometimes it's as small as a tweet. You know, Elon wants to accelerate the transition to sustainable energy. Mm-hmm. He's also accelerating the transition to open free internet, which can basically get rid of bad old governments. Yes, or it can uh, very much defend the sovereignty of uh, nations, which we are seeing uh, day after day. So it appears that the 2022.36 over the air software update should be bringing a new more detailed energy tab to Tesla owners. We have some screenshots shared by Teslascope. Okay, so what am I seeing here? So this is breaking down uh, the energy usage of your car into different categories. So the the driving and the heat or the cooling, other accessories. Funnily enough, the Ford Lightning has uh, basically a very similar system. I actually like that part of Mm. it because when you are done with the drive, it tells you like how much you've been spending on, say, AC. Mm -hmm. And if there was ever like a part of your trip where you were like, we really need to save all the energy, you would at least know how much you're spending on that, because a lot of Times you're in a tesla and you're just like is this because i'm driving fast or is it because i'm using the heat right and i mean the thing that i like is that it gives you a little bit of bullet points mm-hmm. telling you like hey if you slowed down you would have saved this mm-hmm. much energy and i think that this is really great because it's going to teach people educational it's a very educational about how range equates to how you drive and i think that this more than almost anything else is going to help quickly get people to understand how their driving habits impact range. We need this in our houses and in our offices. Oh, really? So that we walk in and we know, how much are we spending on lights? How much on that refrigerator? You know, like that would be so valuable. Just like the dad who's (laughs) always going- Shut up the the light! Shut that off! (laughs) You know how much we're spending on it? Close that refrigerator! Dad, I can't (laughs) see! (laughs) Too bad! Tesla Roddy published an article about Tesla filing an amended construction permit to add 500,000 square feet of construction to their Giga Texas site. And then Elon responded, ecological paradise plans from south portion of Giga Texas to the river look great. However, we must first get the factory financially on its feet. Oh, no. So we're going to have to hold off on the cool walk by the river. Well, you know, you got to work hard to play hard. So say. it looks like the limits of construction will go from 11,674,000 square feet to 280 acres or 12,196,800 square feet. So keep in mind, this could be for an additional building or extra space in the already permitted buildings or just more parking places. We don't know yet. And Elon responded to Tesla Teslarati's article on Twitter saying area from South Giga to River really will be next level great and open to public. Next level great. Next level great. (laughs) And long-term goal is a boardwalk with amenities that goes all the way to downtown Austin so you can walk, bike, or kayak. Oh, man, that sounds like it's going to be a great campus when it's done. Mm. I wonder if they'll have like a Giga Texas rooftop deck Mm. where you can hang out and have a snack and kind of view the skyline and the river. Your roof idea doesn't sound that crazy. Tesla owner Silicon Valley asked, will you be renting out Tesla kayaks? And Elon responded, maybe little electric Tesla boats with retro futuristic Victorian design. I would definitely <laughs> go for little electric Tesla boats. Wow. I'm all for that. What is a retro futuristic Victorian design? Well, look at this picture of a Victorian woman riding an electric scooter back in the early 1900s. I mean, what? this actually happened. Oh, so for all those people. You
3: <laughs> young whippersnappers <laughs> with their electric scooters.
1: They've been around They've a while. They've been around Grandpa. quite a while. Wow. Interesting. So Rivian just shared uh, this video over on Twitter oh so that's rj showing off their rivian service van yeah. that's pretty cool we had rivian service out to our house already now this new van looks pretty cool but why wasn't it ready to go from day one i don't know i mean i do think it's really cool i like the crane i think that that's going to come in handy yeah it really shows that they spent a lot of time well you, on know what this the, van. you know what they spent a lot of time on did you see this other video from rivian <laughs> why did they make the, like it's fine but why did they make the guys lie on the ground <laughs> because those are real people. I mean they look like they look like action figures.
0: The Rivian van comes with two mechanics each service.
1: I would buy a Rivian action figure service like action a Rivian service action figure set with the fold out crane. Yeah.
0: Now with a fold out crane. Wow.
1: Rivian maybe you should stop production of the R1T and focus on that now. Now apparently Uh, According to Rivian, both the van and the truck should be able to take care of 80% of service appointments. I mean, that's great. That hasn't been our experience with Rivian service, but let's talk more about that during Patreon bonus stories. I'm going to give you a whole kind of Rivian service story. Yeah. It'll be a little sit down and relax (laughs) and enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't spend a lot of time on this show wasting our breath on disgraced EV scam startup Nicola. Um, Some people get mad um, that we have assigned a poor reputation to the company, but it's things like this that make us continue to do so. Back in 2020, GM spent $2 billion for an 11% stake in Nikola Motors, and a big reason for it seemed to be to acquire technology related to the announced EV pickup truck, the Nikola Badger. Disgraced founder Trevor Milton had said 70% of the truck would be from Nikola. However, on Friday, in a federal court, it was revealed that, quote, there were no components coming from Nikola. They owned the creative design, what the vehicle looked like and felt like, but all of the parts were to come from General Motors. That's from Scott Demon, a senior manager at General Motors. Wow. So the GM deal with Nikola probably was not what GM was looking for. Yeah. Also shows that GM probably didn't do much due diligence on that deal. Uh, it makes me think that this is why the Silverado EV is going to be as late as it is right i mean why could ford beat gm to the punch by probably over a year it's probably because gm thought that they had a truck in the bag and then it turned out oh wait no we have to build the whole truck all right so we ready for the silverado <laughs> ev launch uh, we got everything ready bob all right nicola guys this badger how is it coming oh, it's just a bunch of Ford Raptor parts that you threw together and it doesn't run and you're going to have to roll it down a hill. Oh, crap. Not really what we were looking (laughs) for for our Silverado design that we wanted to just steal off you guys. Uh, I guess that $2 billion was poorly spent. Yeah, Um, but, you know. This is why we're a little bit more excited about the Tesla Cybertruck. Um, And if you're interested in the Tesla Cybertruck like we are, you definitely wanna check out the Cybertruck Owners Club. Yeah, they sponsor this show. So check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. There you're gonna find their crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in line. We recently got our Ford F-150 Lightning and we have been busy driving and testing it and doing all that fun stuff. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, we did an in-depth a couple weeks ago, putting our Rivian R1T and the F-150 Lightning head-to-head for 10 rounds. Um, You can check that out over here. Over on our Now Let's Review channel, Ethan just released a video of his impressions of the Ford F-150 Lightning, so go check that out. Um, So how are you liking the Ford F-150 so far? I am pleased with it so far, uh, but I've got to say that it is an expensive vehicle. I mean, we got the Lariat edition, which is the second tier with the extended range battery for about 300 miles of range um, and the tow package. So, I mean, this isn't the base model, but even before the recent price hikes of 5,500 to $8,000, I paid over $81,000 for this truck. I like that it has a five and a half foot bed versus the Rivian four and a half foot bed, but it didn't come with the bed liner. Mm. Well, you know what? I think we might want to talk about that some other time. Hmm. I do think it's important to get other people's impressions. So head over to the Now It's Review channel and see what Ethan thinks of the lightning. And if you live in the New England area and you'd like to see our F-150 in person, we'll be bringing it and our Rivian R1T to our buddy Jeff's EV event at the Hebert Candy Mansion in Shrewsbury, Mass. This Saturday, October 1st from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. So we hope to see you there. And don't forget that it's National Drive Electric Week. So there are events taking place pretty much everywhere in the U.S. Check Check out their website for an event near you. I feel like we should bring an e-bike with us and uh, give it away at uh, Jeff's event. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. All right. Um, Now, one thing that you won't see at Jeff's EV show is this. What? Can't you see what that is? That's Ram's 1500 concept electric pickup truck teaser. You know, typical auto manufacturing marketing bullshit. Uh, Last, I remember hearing from Stellantis and Stellantis, by the way, remember now owns Ram. That was when CEO Carlos Tavares announced about six months ago, according to our internal performance index, our Ram 1500 will outperform all competitors on the attributes customers care most about range, towing, payload, charge time. And he said the 1500 wasn't coming till 2024 which is when we're probably gonna see the Chevy Silverado EV pickup truck. But at least with Chevy, they're showing us what the Silverado is gonna look like and its features. I mean, this is just a concept teaser. It's really hard to believe it's gonna be ready by 2024. And to give you an idea of how hard it is to ramp production, Rivian, which has been at it since the beginning of this year, has only delivered about 10,000 vehicles and hopes to have 25,000 total delivered by the end of this year. Ford has delivered about 6,800 since its release in April. Yeah, it's really hard to get accurate delivery numbers before end of quarter results are reported, but we should have those soon as Q3 is coming to a close. So uh, let's talk about the Ram. All right. Uh, should we get one? What do you think? Uh, based on this sketch? <laughs> based based on uh, <laughs> this uh, worse than a pencil ske- drawing of a... Uh... I mean, yes, actually, I think we should because, I mean, we're getting every other electric pickup truck and I think it's important to pit them against each other and to show which the winners are. I mean... So far, I've been really actually kind of pleased with the R1T and the Ford F-150 other than the price. Mm. Um, and it's going to be really cool to see how all of these fare against each other. And its I mean, I have to admit, it's been really helpful having the trucks for a while, seeing what the service is like, mm-hmm. um, dealing with the the problems that you're really only going to encounter when you have the truck for multiple weeks. And like, yeah, seeing oh, how it, the, it. the UI works, exactly. like all that stuff. Yeah, I think that it will be important to see how the RAM uh, kind of holds up because, yeah, I wasn't expecting to like the F-150 as much as I do. I know. Yeah. Comment below what features you'd like us to cover on these reviews that we do of the pickup trucks. OK, Jesse, quick. What is this? Uh, it's a new Model 3 interior. T- uh, did Tesla release a new interior design? No, no. This is a Tesla knockoff or the Shangan Shenlan SL03. What? Okay, it's a state-owned Chinese company, Shangan Automobile. They kind of copied the Model 3, as you can see here from these design details. Like, look here at the Model 3 front end on the right, and then the Shenlan slo 3 here on the left. Wait, it's called the slo 3 Yeah, well, you know what Oscar Wilde said about copying. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, then this is flattery. All right. (laughs) The wheelbase is almost identical on the sedan to the Model 3, and it's only four inches longer than the Model 3. Uh, The range of the base model SL03 is 515 kilometers or 320 miles. That is on the Chinese standard, so nowhere close to that. Uh, And with the bigger battery pack, it gets 705 kilometers or 438 miles. Again, that is not accurate. But I mean, if you factor in the fact that the Chinese, you know, range estimates are you know, downhill with a with a tailwind, um, it's probably going to be fairly similar to a regular Tesla Model Three, probably. Uh, but what's not similar is the price. Okay, the Shanlan starts at just one hundred eighty three thousand nine hundred won, or about twenty six thousand dollars. The Model Three, on the other hand, starts at 279,900 yuan in China, or about forty thousand dollars. Wow. Okay, so this is coming out in China when? Shangan says that they got 15,000 reservations within hours after launching it, and that they plan to start deliveries to the first customers by the end of this year, eventually ramping up production to 15,000 units per month. All right. So we have a first. I mean, this is like the first true Tesla knockoff, in my opinion. Where you're, where you're gonna be like, was that a Tesla? <laughs> Right. Um, and is it a Tesla killer? Uh, well, it, I don't think that it's going to have it might look the same as a Model 3. I don't think that it's going to have the I love the double wishbone suspension of the Model 3. I think that that is one of the most underappreciated parts of the freaking car. Maybe they just copied it. I am. I guarantee you it is not going to have the <laughs> suspension. It is not going to have the acceleration. Maybe it has the range, um, but I just don't. I don't think it's gonna have the same quality well, and maybe here, crash safety. Here's my question for you guys. Would you buy one of these Slo threes if it came to your part of the world? I mean, let us know in the comments below. All right. MG or Morris Garage, the British car brand established about hundred years ago, was bought by China's SAIC Motor Corporation in 2007. So last week, MG launched their MG4. It's an all-electric hatchback, and it's being launched in the UK. It has two battery pack options, 51 kilowatt hours or 64 kilowatt hours. The long-range battery will offer 150 kilowatts of power, 250 newton meters of torque, zero to 60 in 7.8 seconds, and a range of 281 miles WLTP. That's uh, 3.8 miles per kilowatt hour, which... Isn't bad. It'll have a 10 and a quarter inch color touchscreen display, seven year warranty and a starting price of 26,000 pounds or $28,200 for the standard range and 31,500 pounds or $34,200 for the trophy or long range version. Delivery start next year in the UK. And on a side note, some of you may know that... uh... Me and my grandfather and also Zach, um, along with Mr. G, converted a 1975 MG Midget to electric. Yeah, that was a really fun project. Um, We haven't really brought that to you yet. We filmed a lot of it, filmed almost all of it. Yeah, But then we kind of got paused during COVID and we kind of like, I don't know lost track of the project until we just finished it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's running. It's, it's out there right now running. It's fully registered now. We can actually put it on the roads. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm just really excited to maybe bring it some EV shows or something. Yeah. So. And I do think this is the future of projects in people's garages. Mm-hmm. Like up until now, you know, you just work on your carburetor or something. I think now people are going to start converting cars and f- making their cars modified to run even better on electric. Yeah. I mean, now that we've done it, it's doable. It's totally doable. I mean, this was not... this was like the hardest project in the world because we chose the smallest car in the world, practically, right. and it's really hard. We've got five Tesla batteries in the back there. That's mm-hmm. why the back of it is so low, yeah. uh, because there's so much weight, and it's probably the longest range MG Midget conversion ever made. We think we have 150 miles of range, right? And I mean, the other thing too is. Um, We had never worked on cars before. I think that if like you've ever done an engine swap or you've ever taken the engine out of a car, you're already halfway there. Exactly. Um, Because all you have to do is like rip out all the stuff that was gonna break anyway. Yeah. um, And just put in some electric stuff. Um, It was a cool project. I think that a lot of people are gonna enjoy it. E-bikes have become more and more common across the United States. And with them, so have police officers on e-bikes or bike patrol wait actual police departments are using e-bikes oh yeah i mean the city of fresno california has had bike police officers for a while Mm -hmm. but in the past few years they've switched to e-bikes and i mean for people who've never tried e-bikes that might sound kind of funny but i can totally see how e-bikes could be a good tool for policing yeah the city of fresno's downtown bike unit covers about 30 to 40 miles per day that's each officer Um, they've said that e-bikes allow them to be in places that police cars don't fit Mm. and yet also speed to the scene of a crime if needed And as one officer put it, criminals don't like it. They don't know when we're there, they don't hear us coming, they don't see us as easily and we're able to observe and act quicker in those interactions. They also get to know people instead of sitting in their cars. And bike officers also respond to the types of crimes that people tend to care about such as property crime and break-ins as one local business owner put it that's the kind of policing that i feel is most effective when you know the people and you have a relationship with them you're able to use that relationship to get them to comply and it doesn't have to turn into an altercation or anything like that but i mean seeing officer friendly around is great and stuff but are they really going to be able to catch the bad guys well the downtown bike unit of fresno consists of just six people one sergeant and five officers last year they made 448 felony arrests and arrested 193 identified gang members wow bike patrol and that's all while driving around on an e-bike that costs way less than a police cruiser and it pollutes a whole lot less too yeah i really like the point about community policing Mm. i really think we've forgotten all about that if you have a police officer in a car you're just not really aware that they're there and they're not really aware that you're there because they're speeding past you. On an e-bike, they can stop, they can take in more information about what's going on, they get to know people. I think it's super important. So remember last year Hertz announced that it would buy 100,000 Teslas? Well, last week they announced that they were ordering 175,000 EVs from GM. This includes Chevy, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, and Bright Drop EVs across multiple vehicle categories. Whatever. What do you mean whatever? That's a huge order. If you read the press release, it's just an MOU, okay, a memorandum of understanding. And the up to one hundred and seventy five thousand orders are over the next five years. But I mean, that's still great news for EVs and the environment. It is, sure. And it's smart for Hertz to make these agreements since it essentially costs them nothing at the moment and gets them tons of great press. And I guess you could argue that if no one else was going to buy GM EVs, it would be a nice insurance policy for them. But I don't think demand is any kind of problem. It's just going to be the same as it's always been with EVs, limited production. But I mean, rental cars log more yearly mileage. This means less pollution. I mean, plus 175,000 AVs. That doesn't make you happy. Look, I'm not usually that impressed with these will in five years stories. And that's the hard part about doing the show is there's so many stories based on what What we're we're going going to do do over the the next next 10 years. years. And it's like, yeah, well, if we (laughs) took all those stories and then reported on them five or 10 years later, they'd all be nothing. Mm. So Xpeng has officially launched their G9, declaring that it's the world's fastest charging EV. It's built on an 800 volt architecture and 4C battery cells. Xpeng says that this G9 can charge from 10 to 80 percent in 20 minutes on Xpeng's new charging network of 480 kilowatt S4 chargers. Also, the G9 has Xpeng's second generation ADAS system called XNGP. So did they develop this themselves or just steal some more code from Tesla like they did the first time? Good question. I'm not (laughs) sure. But Xpeng's vice president of autonomous driving, Xinju Wu, claims that Xpeng is well ahead of Tesla when it comes to autonomous driving. Xpeng claims they will roll out Citi NGP next year. The G9 will start deliveries in China next month. Um, I know it's hard for us in the West to get too excited about a car that's only available in China, but we should take a look at the specs and pricing because this is Xpeng's first model built from the ground up for both the Chinese and international market. Yeah. Xpeng says that once they reach full production in China, they will begin deliveries of the G9 in Europe. I mean, taking a look here, like not like the best in terms of power of motor, but the ranges don't look bad and the prices don't look too bad. Right. And of course, we're talking about the Chinese standard for range, which is like... 20% high. Um, So, I mean, look at those accelerations on the high-end models. It's it's very respectable. All right, it's Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I want to thank Henson Shaving for helping me shave off my COVID beard. Yeah, you had like two weeks of beard there. I had two weeks of beard and... uh, How did it do? Took it off with no problemo at all. I love the little hair slots that they have in here. They actually, it's like they knew that once you shave the hair off of your face, it comes off of your face. And has to and go somewhere. You rinse it out. Um, it's such a great design. It cleans so easily. Um, and, and yeah, it, two and a half weeks of beard down the drain. Yeah, over 2000 of you so far have bought this and loved it. So yeah, check it out. You're going to get 100 free blades when you go to HensonShaving.com and use our code. Now you know at checkout. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood for a solar roof or a power wall. <laughs> Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Yes. A new housing development in Austin is including Tesla solar roof and power walls to help attract buyers. Now, I wonder if that's because they're like 15 minutes away from Giga Texas. It definitely could be. Bring it on down to Teslaville. And I mean, it's really interesting to see Austin's growing suburbs like this. I mean, I know it's the latest boom town, um, but I think that a factory that's going to employ like 20,000 people is going to make a big difference. Aren't there like over 10,000 houses in this neighborhood? Yeah, 12,000. Are they thousands. all going to have solar roof? I don't think that they're all going to have solar roof and batteries, but it is, I think, an option. Can you imagine if everyone in this village works at Tesla <laughs> and you're the one guy who doesn't and you come out in the morning with your like Google shirt on and they're like, nice to see you, Steve. Um, yeah, no, it's going to... I think this is going to be Teslaville. Hey, that Bob, taken... I like your Model 3. I like your Model 3. <laughs> so, this is a picture actually taken in the development. That solar roof on the roof. Yeah. And they have a Model X. I think it's going to be... Wow. Uh, yeah, we're going to see. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, imagine when it's full of Cybertrucks. And then you're never going to be able to leave the company. But you could... I mean... I don't <laughs> you know. have to pick well, I you can have know. to pack up in the middle of the night. All right. It's time for going green and we're sponsored by EcoWare. So September 30th is AI day number two. And we are so excited to see what progress has been made with Optimus. We were so excited. In fact, that I had Bobby make this Optimus welcome mat. And for all those cooks out there, we also made this Optimus apron because someday Optimus will probably be cooking your dinner for you. So to get yours today, go to EcoWare.us. And if you use the code Skynet, you will get 5% off your order. And don't forget that we plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the well-done foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. So start positive conversations today with carbon negative products over at ecoware.us. And don't forget to subscribe to Now You Know to see our live stream of AI Day Number 2 on September 30th. All right, did you know that computer data centers account for 1% of global electricity use every year? They are full of... Hot computers and these buildings emit huge amounts of heat that goes wasted. Well, some smart people looked at that and said, hey, why can't we use that heat for something? And so Stockholm Data Park partnered with energy company Stockholm Exergy and grid operator Alivio to try to use this wasted heat to heat 10 percent of Stockholm's warming needs by 2035. So how are they going to do it? Well, instead of piping all that exhaust heat out of the building into the air, they are rerouting it into the underground water system running below the city. The heated water then warms homes and offices, then it loops back to the data center to be heated again. Okay, so the data center is just basically a big electric heater. (laughs) Exactly, and so now the data centers can get paid for something that they had just been wasting before, heat. It's cheaper than other heat sources, so it's a win-win-win. Win-win-win? Well, yeah, the people of Stockholm get cheaper heat. The data center gets money for waste heat and the planet and all of us win because we don't need to burn fossil fuels to heat those buildings. And many others are doing this too. Amazon Seattle headquarters, Syracuse University's data center and the Norwegian city of Bjornfjorden. If you know of one of these, send us a video. Yeah, isn't that cool that we're starting to realize that you can use that heat for something else? I mean, we have crypto mining going on right now in the house and we're using that heat to heat the house. All right, it's time for sunspots. So the Gemini Solar Project, which is being built as we speak, about 30 miles north of Las Vegas, will be one of the largest solar farms in the U.S. It's huge, built on 7000 acres of land in the Mojave Desert, generating 690 megawatts of power. That's enough to power 400000 homes. And it has a 380 megawatt battery system, too, that can store 1.5 gigawatt hours of energy. Gemini will offset 1.5 million tons of CO2 every year, and this project will provide around 1300 construction jobs. And speaking of construction, these solar panels are gonna be anchored to the ground using these. This is the Earth Trust by the San Rafael, California-based Ojo company. Ojo just closed their C-Series round of funding for $40 million. So this trust system is really cool. According to Ojo, it requires 50% less steel and 50% less labor to install than typical anchoring systems. So how do you get this thing drilled into the ground? Well, you use this Ojo's truss driver drilling machine. Ojo says that the earth truss is one of the industry's fastest to install solar foundations. And what's really cool is uh, you set up these little things in the ground. I guess you put them there with GPS, whatever, and lasers. And then the uh, machine comes over and like pinpoint accuracy puts these trusses in the ground. So when you're done, you have like perfectly laid out trusses. Wow, and it uses a lot less steel because you're just Yeah, the there's ground. no concrete. Like, and it wow. can even go into rock. It doesn't really matter what kind of earth situation you have going on. This thing can drill into it and mount your truss system. It looks really cool. I mean, I don't have any use for it because we don't have like a solar farm in the house, but like if I did, I'd want to use this. Soon. We will soon. We will. We will soon. Oh, cool. And I mean, this is another reason when people are like, "Well, how is solar so cheap?" You keep <laughs> innovating, you keep- Look
2: at it, there's not much
1: to it, is there? <laughs> And if you wanna go solar, but you're not sure where to begin, we've been working with two great solar companies, one in Europe and one in America. If you live in Europe and you're thinking about going solar, but you have questions, then reach out to our friends at Svea Solar. They are one of the largest solar companies in the world. So if you live in Europe, Sweden, Germany, Spain, the Netherlands, Belgium, with more countries coming soon, reach out to Svea Solar at the link below and get this. We got two great offers from them for Now You Know viewers. You can choose to prepay your solar energy solution and get an EV charger with a 50% discount. Or select the pay-as-you-go solar energy solution with no upfront fees and get the first six months for free. Both offers are valid until November 1st. So don't wait, reach out to Svea Solar today. And if you live in the U.S. or Canada and you like to become your own small energy provider, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They're the solar and battery experts that help homeowners go solar for less. Take but- control of your energy. Guarantee the price of power and storage costs for 20 years. Do it all online on your schedule, on your couch. Head over to energypal.com slash know and let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for a video contributor stories. We've got more than one this week oh, okay. uh, and we need your stories. Send them on into us at hello at now you What do we got first? We got Jay. He says, hi, Zach and Jesse. I made a short video about how we get renewable energy in our cars here
4: in Taupo, New Zealand. Hi all, I'm Jay from Drive EV. We only sell electric cars and I'd like to show you how we get energy out of the ground and into our cars in Taupo, New Zealand. Taupo is about in the centre of New Zealand's North Island and it sits between the three major cities here. We have a population of about 30,000, but that can double on the holidays because we're a destination town. Because of that, we need an awful lot of highway charging, and an awful lot of destination charging for folks staying over. The reason they come is for the mountains and for the lake, which is the biggest body of water in the Southern hemisphere. The lake is so big, it is even bigger than Singapore. First of all, here's our 50 kilowatt setup at EV. We've got CCS and Chedamo, And over here, we've got two AC chargers if you're gonna spend a bit of time in town. This is a public AC charger outside the warehouse department store. So if you have a Renault Zoe, and a fairly relaxed attitude towards trolley dents, then this is where you go. This is a 25 kilowatt DC unit. It's got Chatterboat and CCS. It's next to a local tourist attraction, the Huckaballs jet Jetboat and the Huckaballs prawn Park. The prawn Park itself is heated by water from that runs off from the geothermal power plant. Let's have a look at that. Right, thanks to some really good planning many years ago and solid investment since, most of New Zealand's energy over 80% comes from renewable sources, which is Geothermal, bit of hydro, bit of wind, and coal. We're not that. Too? These are what we call hyperchargers. They charge up to 300 kilowatts, and they can charge six cars at once if they need to. We only have a couple of these around New Zealand, so we're really glad to have them in Central North Island. Last on our list and first in our hearts are the second-generation Tesla superchargers, complete with ubiquitous white Tesla Model 3. If you need a little pallet cleanser after the white Model 3, here's a not white Tesla Model X. This one is HULK, our towing car. It's a 100kWh battery that we swapped into a single motor P85. We use it to tow Leafs up and down the country to deliver them to wherever they need to be. That's the story I'm charging in my part of the world. So now you know
1: yeah he said we sell 100 percent electric cars so i included our brightly wrapped and battery swap towing tesla at the end hope you liked it that's awesome we've also got akelo he spotted a rivian r1s
4: hello zach Hello, Jesse. My name's Ikello Herod, and I run a YouTube channel called Ikello Photo, where we stress that they should love the camera that they are with. The reason for that is just what you're seeing in front of you, the R1S. That's right, the Rivian SUV was right in front of the place where I get my dog's nails done. So I use my iPhone 11 Pro to get this done and take a few pictures of one of the most rarest finds in the entire universe, a SUV made by Rivian. <laughs> now you know. What a voice. Wow. And lastly, we got Alan.
1: He sent us this video contributor story about Aptera at Fully Charged Live.
3: Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Alan McDonald uh, reporting on the things that I learned about the Aptera at the Fully Charged Live show last weekend. My daughter Karina and I sat in the prototype at the you know Alpha at the Electrify Expo a few months ago and thought that it was great. And then as a reservation holder, we were able to sit in the Gamma vehicle at Fully Charged Live. This last weekend and it was awesome uh, so awesome to see the car and uh, its updated form and to see Steve just there answering questions from everybody that wanted to ask him for hours I was worried about uh, things like the seat being comfortable and I can say that it was much more comfortable than I thought it was going to be uh, it, it's it's very nice all of the ergonomics are seemed very nice to me I'm six foot tall and it will fit people uh, much larger than me. I had a hard time actually reaching the pedals with the seat all the way back. Uh, The darker areas of the wheel pans are a foam that is designed to wear off instead of breaking if it's hit. Uh, They're planning on using a Tesla plug for now and the bulb in the back is a light for the plate. And the grating that is around that area is an exhaust vent for the auxiliary battery cooling. Um, the back bed is five feet, five inches long on its own. And then seven feet with the seat pushed forward. Um, the solar panels look is so awesome uh they look like they came straight off of a spaceship and uh there will be uh some kind of a, a way to add an extra kilowatt of solar possibly for charging it was a little unclear to me um you know uh, in addition to what comes on the vehicle and anyway it was so great uh to see it there i uh, can't wait to get ours now you know so cool
1: to have viewers get in the cars and show us what it's like to actually sit in them i mean he's a tall guy and he fits perfectly well yeah can't wait to try out mine all right it's time for our patreon bonus stories head on over to patreon.com slash now you know you're going to get see all of our patreon bonus stories for only a buck a month and we have plenty of other perk levels there as well so go check them out it's
0: a patreon
1: bonus all right we're back from our patreon bonus stories it's time for our shout outs these are the people that make this show possible who do we got greg geilfus austin hunter Beatles for sale janine M. butler W.H. Ruiz. And Brandon Shaw. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right. So we had a Patreon poll about the CCS adapter. Yes. And so we asked, is the CCS adapter a signal that Tesla is moving towards CCS as a standard? And uh, most people says, I don't think so. Uh, This is just to allow some people a chance to CCS charge if it benefits them. I'm glad. They don't think that Tesla's moving to CCS as a standard. I pretty much agree with this poll. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. He was super busy, so some of our tweets are going to go over to Patreon. We'll have that there, and some of them will be here. Eric Berger said SpaceX completed a spin prime test already this morning with the super heavy booster. Now they're chilling engines again for what may be a static fire test of as many as seven Raptor rocket engines. And Elon said, yes, seven engine static fire. So... Eric Berger knows his stuff. Chris Bergen said static fire. Booster seven fires up multiple engines. The target was for seven. Let's see if Elon confirms all seven, which would be a new record. Super cool. Elon said chamber pressure looks good on all seven engines. So that's good. Everyday Astronaut said new record. How long before we see all 33? Elon says booster seven now returns to high bay for robustness upgrades and booster eight Moves to pad for testing. Next big test is probably full stack wet dress rehearsal, then 33 engine firing in a few weeks. This is getting exciting. This is getting really exciting. And here's some video of the seven engine static fire. And Elon said it's great for clearing dust. (laughs) Elon tweeted out FSD beta 10.69.2.1 looks good, extending to 160,000 owners in US and Canada. And then he mistyped. (laughs) He meant to say 10.69.2.2. Elon said, looking forward to providing Starlink service to the people of Zambia. Chuck Cook says, hey, Twitter, highlight two. Here is FSD beta version two doing an unprotected left turn in medium heavy traffic. Elon said car will move on tighter gaps as we enhance neural net velocity predictions for crossing traffic. 10.3 next month has some step change improvements. Okay, so it's going to get better, is what he says. That's it. (laughs) Translation. John Krause says, loving FSD beta, but could the vehicle initiate the turn signal before switching into the turn lane? It uses the signal for speed-based lane changes, but not for merging into a turn lane. Elon said, yes. I'm not sure what he means by merging into a turn lane. Does he mean when the lane narrows down? Or when it goes out? I don't know. I don't know either. Well, comment below. Elon knew what he was talking about, so... I'm just an idiot. Tesla Scope said, hey, Elon, checking in. Will we see vehicles currently in the safety score queue with scores above 80 receiving the beta now that 10.69.2.2 is rolled out to current testers? Thanks, as always. Elon says, yes, all U.S. Canada drivers with safety scores above 80 should receive an invitation to download FSD beta by tomorrow. Let's read between the lines here. This is really good news. You know why? Why? This means that Dojo is ready to crank through more data. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And that... uh dot two is 69.2 is like ready to go yeah uh black model three says will it automatically send beta for anyone going forward with a sufficient safety score with 100 miles plus of driving and elon said yes tesla owner silicon valley said elon when will the tesla speed up when noticing traffic is going faster sometimes it's going slow elon said next month shibatoshi said i learned to code by writing games in basic elon said same I, kinda, I wrote some games in BASIC. Wow. They weren't really good, well, but let's neither get, was his. If you lo- <laughs> get you on the FSD uh, software no, team. No, I am. Okay. No, don't All do that. Right. Alex says, seems strange that the CEO of Twitter would state that Twitter suspends over 500,000 accounts per day, but Twitter's claiming it suspends over a million accounts per day in its lawsuit versus Elon. That's around 100 million accounts per quarter or about 45% of Twitter's alleged average MDAO. Elon says, curiouser and curiouser. Shibutoshi said, five ways to win every internet argument what they don't want you to know. One, continually move the goalposts. Two, make stuff up. Three, never admit fault. Four, ad hominem. And five, straw man. And uh, if you're wondering what ad hominem is, it means just go after the person, not the actual right. thing you're yeah. you're arguing about. Yeah. Shut up! I hate yeah. you! You're right. so ugly! Like, what? That's not an argument.
2: Yes, it is. It is not. It
1: is. <laughs> Elon tweeted out: Note, autopilot AI team is also working on Optimus and actually smart summon in Auto Park, which have end of month deadlines. So we all know that uh, AI Day number two is coming on September 30th. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the AI team's working on that. But this little piece about actually smart summon in Auto Park, which might be coming out, what? early next month what was wrong with the summon before wasn't smart w- wasn't enough Wasn't smart enough yeah that i think this is exciting news right. doge designer tweeted out this meme uh teacher for the boys i don't want any long hair in this class it looks so unprofessional the picture's on top of the blackboard <laughs> and there's elon in the lower right corner <laughs> teslarati tweeted out spacex conducts starlink demo with jsx thirty thousand feet in the air and gets a hundred megabits per second Elon says, with some improvements, it will achieve 300 megabits per second. Okay. Now, Finale says, I wasn't aware that you were into art, Elon. Have you messed around with AI art like the stable diffusion? It's pretty staggering. Elon says, I was instrumental in creating OpenAI, which made Dali. And if you haven't played with Dali yet, go in there and play with it. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, the world's largest swing is as beautiful as it is terrifying. And uh, holy crap. Elon, do not ride that, <laughs> even though you seem excited by it. Um, look. Please just save that excitement for your trip to Mars. By the way, that's a real thing. It's in Wangyang uh, County in China. It's a 350 foot high tower. It opened in 2020. Wow. So I guess your next vacation. This is really cool. Uh, Sawyer Merritt tweeted out that Jay Leno says about Elon. He lives in a little Airstream trailer on the property of Starbase. There's no yacht. There's no huge gold fin- finger looking thing, uh, petting a car or any of that nonsense. I think he's a true genius. It's fun to meet a dreamer who's a practical dreamer. And Elon says, actually, I live in a little house on Weem Street that costs $50,000, but I've done a lot with the place. Yeah, if you haven't seen Jay's Garage's video on um, uh, Jay getting to go visit Elon at Starbase, I highly recommend it. It's a great little share with people. Um, Jay did a really good job. I don't think it's going to be up for long, so watch it oh, soon. Really? Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's, it's a syndicated show or whatever, so they, uh, they don't want to give it away for free. Uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley asked, Elon, what's been your favorite upgrade to your house? Elon says, Shaded Patio. Massimo tweeted out this video, when a group of army ants are separated from the main foraging party, they lose the pheromone track and begin to follow one another. As a result, they might eventually die of exhaustion. And uh, Elon made a coding joke. Joe Tegmeier, who is one of the quad squad, We love him. Uh, He tweeted this out. This is Tesla's reply just minutes after asking for help today. Frustrating, but I wonder how many others are getting the same response. Days after everyone with safety score over 80 gets it. This is the 22nd of September. And Elon tweeted out, your car needs a camera upgrade, which is free of charge. There are a few thousand cars in a similar situation. Replacement cameras will be available early next month. And you might've read this and be like, oh great. Elon responded and he's correct. He's not correct, actually. Joe tweeted back, I got my cameras replaced by Tesla in February of 2022. Hmm. Sean says, OK, Elon, I think the bigger issue is that there is no good way to escalate issues like this. We love interacting with you, but it's not easy to get your attention. Hmm. And look, I got to agree with Joe and Sean here. It is not this is not the way to do it. Hmm. Um, Joe's been trying to get his car on FSD beta and they keep giving him the runaround and won't tell him why it can't go onto to it. Um, And he's frustrated and he can't get anyone to respond to him with an actual answer. Mm -hmm. And even Elon doesn't know the actual answer. Mm -hmm. So what the Tesla? Same thing with me with Sparky. Like I have old hardware. I know it has to be upgraded, but Elon says it will be upgraded. But no one will tell me when. Right. Like a year from now, 10 years from now. That doesn't help me. Right. Alex tweeted this out. Seriously, Twitter. How hard is it to detect and suspend this level of spam? It's ridiculous. And basically, yeah, if you watch this GIF, it's just like spam after spam. Mm -hmm. And Elon says, yep. okay." first of all, I love this next tweet here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shibatoshi Nakamoto says a very common trick of misleading headlines is correlating two things that more or less have nothing to do with each other via the word As. This is ubiquitous in rubbish finance headlines. Markets down 10% as Justin Bieber's new album comes out. And Elon tweeted this. This is a website you can go to where you can find two things that have nothing to do with each other correlated to each other. So in this example, number of people who drowned by falling into a pool correlates with films that Nicolas Cage appeared in. Wow. So if we want to keep you from drowning, we have to keep Nicolas Cage from being in films. Wow. That's science. Yeah, it's interesting. All right. It's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. You, yes, you are what makes this community and this show so much fun to be a part of. So please share your stories, your photos, and your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Our community is the best in the world. I learned so much from all of you sending in your emails. All right, so Robert says he saw this EV street sweeper in Maryland going north on I-270 near Clarksburg. This appears to be the RAVO 5e series made by the Dutch company RAVO. Marcus sent us this EV garbage truck that he spotted in Melbourne, Australia. James sent us photos and thoughts from his visit to Fully Charged Live recently in San Diego. He had high praise for Aptera and VinFast, but very little good to say about Fisker, Canoe, the Solo by Electromechanica, or the Livewire, and even the Arcimoto didn't impress James. But he said the fit and finish of the VinFast VF8 was nice, and the Aptera felt comfortable and roomy. Hmm. I love getting feedback from people. Robert wrote in to say, I saw this charger at Port Ellen Islay in Scotland and thought it might be good for a laugh. The caption might be, the competition is coming, Elon. We Tesla owners are blessed with supercharger stations. Alan sent us this FUV pic from Ashburn, Virginia. The owner told Alan that it was the first one in the state of Virginia. Our friend Andrea spotted this electric car carrier truck on his way to work recently in Switzerland. Cam wrote in to say, I came across this today on Australian Model Y pages and didn't realize there's no sentry mode in dog mode. Can you request this, please? Mention on your show gets the word out fast. Maybe update on the next Tesla update. Always looking to improve. Tesla cars. I think the best way to get good ideas out to Tesla is more tesla.com. So definitely go check that out. Yeah. Our buddy Fred made it a few years ago there. You can upvote good ideas. You can enter your ideas and the community can help get the best ones to Tesla's eyeballs. I did not know that, uh, century mode doesn't work in dog mode. That's, yeah. uh, it's a little, you know, unique case, but it should, you should work because maybe someone's trying to steal your dog. Yeah. Brian said, the other day I was driving in Rochester Hills, Michigan, and I saw Lordstown Endurance driving. I got the video from my standard range rear wheel drive Model Y. I also saw my first Ford Lightning and Rivian R1S on the road in the same week. Love your guys' show. Um, Did you see it? Yeah, you have to watch really closely. Things are moving fast. Maybe the boys can slow it down a bit. But there it is. Okay. Larry sent us these pictures of the Lucid doing tests near the 680 freeway in Fremont, California. Lucid has a headquarters, by the way, in the next town of Newark, California. So Hmm. that's probably why you're seeing all these. Sean says, I saw this heavily modified Tesla at a supercharger in Petersboro, Ontario. The driver was on the phone, so I didn't get to ask him about it. Looks like it's being used for movie production with a beam on the top and a special rear window. Thanks for all you do in the reporting and investing side of sustainable energy. Thank you, Sean. This from Christopher in Lubbock, Texas, talking about the fact that he's just put 200,000 miles on his 2020 Model 3 Long Range. Wow. Congratulations. And Jim writes in to say that we spotted this Rivian towing an imposing looking trailer with rock hopper double wheels. Reportedly, they are getting about 130 miles per charge towing the Australian-made trailer, which I think is pretty good, seen at the Massacre Rock State Park in Idaho. And lastly, Francis sent us these EV Hummer pics from Austin, Texas he spotted at 6th and Lavaca in downtown Austin, Texas. Nice. Alright, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. What do we got out there in the world, people? Tell us.
5: Hello, Zach and Jesse. This is Bill on Highway 41 in uh, Marinette, Wisconsin, uh, at a supercharger there. First time I've ever used a supercharger since I got my Model 3 Long Range about four months ago. Liking it a lot. There's a little picnic table. There's eight chargers. they were all open. Right there is an Arby's and uh, McDonald's right there, quick trip right there, uh, can't see it but across from me now is a Taco Bell, uh, not a bad little place, there's a grocery store right here, and pretty good place to stop I think, I even went to a Goodwill about five minute walk, but it wasn't open till 10 a.m., so that's it i will never having done this before i'm going to give this a seven and now you know
0: hi this is greta at the altoona six stall supercharger it is just off interstate 80 on the east side of des moines there is not much to do here but it does have three gas stations to get snacks and casey's is famous for pizza only seven out of ten because there is another charger on the west side, and this is only a V2.
4: Now you know.
6: Hey, Zach and Jesse, it's Paul here in sunny San Diego, and look at this, Tesla just opened up a Generation 3 250-watt, 250-kilowatt charger, right here in my neighborhood in Scripps Ranch. This is an awesome location, great food. There's a... uh, (coughs) There's a Chipotle, there's a Luna Grill, there's a uh, Rubio's, there's also McDonald's and Jack in a Box, and there's a Sammy's Wood Fired Pizzas. There's all kinds of food here. It's right off the 15 uh, on Scripps Poway Parkway in San Diego, Scripps Ranch San Diego. I'm lucky it's right in my neighborhood. What's really different about this one is the location of the superchargers is in the prime parking spot in the whole little mid-sized strip mall here. So it's an amazing setup. Usually, you know, they're way off in the corner or something like that. This one's right here in the middle with all the great food. It's a great stop when you're coming down to 15, just pull off. Can't win, I'll give this one a 10 for sure. Good to see you guys, bye bye.
2: Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Jeff in Japan. I'm at the Supercharger location at the Ino building in Hibiya, Tokyo. To enter this location, you'll need to look for this public parking sign on the south side of the building and then drive down to the basement parking level B2. Here you'll find four Tesla Superchargers as well as a CHAdeMO charger around the corner. Inside the Ino building is a cafe and a variety of restaurants, as well as a bathroom. If you feel like stretching your legs a bit more, there's Hibiya Park right across the road. With bathrooms, cafes, restaurants, and even a park close by, this location deserves a 10 out of 10. But I'll give it a nine out of 10 since there's a lack of charging station signs outside the building for it. Now you know.
1: Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. If you want to upload your own, you can check out our website, uh, nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, so let's cover the newest superchargers in the world. What's out there? We've got number 88 in Texas is the 12th stall at Bastrop, Texas. The 6th stall in Shanghai at Yatai Plaza in China. The 12th stall in Tustin at Red Hill Ave in California. The three stall in Jiangxing at the Hanging Langham Place in China. The 8th stall in Napoli North, Italy. Number 59 in Italy is the 12th stall in Vicolongo, Italy. Number 47 in Spain is the 8th stall in Oviedo, Spain. Number 26 in Oregon is the 12th stall in Tillamook, Oregon. Number 41 in Illinois is the 12th stall at South Barrington, Illinois. Number 19 in Minnesota is the 16th stall in Bloomington. Number 49 in Australia is the 6th stall at Tuggeranong in the Australian Capital Territory. Number 19 in Finland is the 4th stall at Pello, Finland. Number 65 in Sweden is the 8th stall at Lixelli, Sweden. Number 1168 in China is the three stall in Xingtai at the Wuyu Plaza in China. Number fifty in Japan is the sixth stall in Shizhou in Kyoto, Japan. Number one hundred forty one in Germany is the twelve stall in Heed, Germany. The twelve stall in Reading at Kate's Grove, UK. The sixth stall in Kyoshiong at Science Park, Taiwan. The sixth stall at Nanto in Puli in Taiwan. Number 55 in Taiwan is the sixth stall at Taichung at Yuhang, Taiwan. And number 307 in California and 1,496 in the USA is the 16th stall at Yucca Valley, California. And number 100 in the UK, number 862 in Europe, number 4,000 in the world is the 15th stall in Sidcup, UK. 4,000. Four thousand. Take that, EA and Ionity. 4,000 locations. Wow. Do you think anyone could ever visit them all? Sure? Well, no, because they keep making I mean that was that was a week's worth, and they're all, all over, over the place. place. not like they're all in a line. Uh, I don't know. you'd get close. Well, it's time for Patreon's comment of the week. And this is Scott's comment about what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, which was, uh, you know, the CCS standard mm. and how kind of dumb it is compared mm. to the Tesla standard. Scott said, Industry standards are typically pioneered by the technology-leading companies. At least that's the way it was back in the day. The IEEE standard for 10M Ethernet was pioneered by ex-Xerox park scientist Ron Schmidt, CTO of Synoptics. 10Base-T was originally LatticeNet, as it was the very best implementation of the standard for running data signals over twisted-pair phone wire. Hopefully the charging interface standard will be able to use Tesla's elegant implementation, not the clunky, difficult CCS junk. Scott makes an excellent point. One which I think we've kind of all forgotten about. Yeah, in the construction industry, uh, we've been using antiquated standards, in my opinion, for decades. Things like wire connectors. Yeah, these little wire nuts. Uh, There are better ways to connect wires now using these instead. But I don't know if it's committees or groupthink. But instead of adopting innovative technologies, construction, just like EV charging standards, seem to favor big, clunky solutions over more innovative ones. I love how thoughtful and informed our patrons are, always willing to share in thoughtful discussions. And that's why I love our Patreon. So if you want to support this show and the work we do every week to bring you independent news and information, then head over to patreon.com slash now you know right now. The link is right here in the show notes and join us at whichever level catches your fancy. We have unique perks at every level and you get access to all of the perks below your level as well. Get your name on the end credits every week like these amazing folks do right here and show off a little bit. And I'm glad to have Jesse back feeling better. We'll see you Friday for our live stream of AI Day number two. So don't forget to hit that bell icon so you'll get a notification when all of our videos hit. We'll see you next time. Now Now you you know. know.